0: Welcome to this Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, Apple's new fight and the end of the WTO. But first, a new entertainment world order. Yesterday, the Golden Globes announced its nominations, and on the television side, the broadcast networks were shut out. Completely. And maybe even more notably, there were twice as many nominations for streaming company shows as there were from shows from premium cable networks. And then there were even less for shows from basic cable. So a big day for Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, and even Apple, which got three nominations for its critically, eh, show, The Morning Show. Way fewer cheers for HBO, Showtime, FX and BBC America, at least for now, since obviously it is possible that the streamers could get rolled once the actual envelopes are opened. Why the nominations matter beyond the Hollywood egos is that they reflect how the entertainment industry's power center has shifted. And with that shift is coming tons of investment in new programs, suggesting the golden age of television is really the platinum age, with all of the streamers, including new entrant Disney, spending billions and billions of dollars to be the one with the little trophies at the end. The big question, though, is if these investments are actually worth it. Remember, the Golden Globes themselves will still be broadcast on NBC a broadcast network because that's where it's still easiest to get a live audience and no matter how many awards a streaming show gets we still have no clue if that show has more actual viewers than a typical broadcast network sitcom or a basic cable reality show the economics may be changing but they're hardly decided in 15 seconds we'll go deeper with axios media reporter sarah fisher but first this Axios Chief Technology Correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech, from the Valley to D.C. Subscribe to Get Smarter Faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. We're joined now by Axios media reporter Sarah Fisher. So, Sarah, let's start here. Why do these, uh, these companies, whether they be streaming or cable... Why do they care so much about awards? I mean, is it just executive ego, the ability to attract talent for future projects, or is there really monetary value believed to be attached to it?
1: I think they care about awards first and foremost because there is monetary value attached to it. We've done some reporting that suggests that before a movie wins an Oscar, but after it's nominated is when it makes most of its money. So it does help get some buttons and seats. The other thing is, to your point about talent, it does help them recruit not just great actors, but also great producers, great directors, if they think that they're going to go to a studio and be able to create a hit where they can get recognized for it. And then the last thing is, I think it helps them control a narrative. We're in a situation where a lot of these companies are trying to broker sponsorships and partnerships, whether they be with commercial brands and if you have the ability to say look we won x amount of oscars last year we're still relevant that helps your company drive results even you know throughout the rest of its business ventures it could be very powerful
0: on the tv side is what we're seeing here with the golden globe nominations yesterday and the streaming companies really dominating certainly compared to broadcast but also compared to cable is what we're seeing basically just kind of 20 years later the same thing we saw when cable started overtaking broadcast
1: yeah, I think that these things move in waves. I think that when cable started to overcome broadcast, a large part of it was because it gives consumers choice. Consumers wanted to be able to get niche access to something they're passionate about, whether it was music and MTV and VH1 or sports with ESPN. But now we're seeing sort of a rejection of that model. Consumers feel as though they are being forced to consume everything when they buy these big bulky expensive cable bundles. And they actually probably just want the very generic few things that they need, which typically is just, you know, the broadcast networks. And then they'll pay a la carte for the stuff they want, whether that's a streaming subscription, to ESPN Plus, or maybe NFL Network, or maybe it's, you know, just an add-on package. But they don't want to have to be burdened with these heavy, thick cable packages anymore.
0: We've seen, obviously, from the streaming companies led by Netflix, but all of them, huge investments in content over the past couple of years. I mean, just incredible investments. The Golden Globe nominations yesterday, is that a reflection that the investment is paying off? And, and I don't just mean, oh, we're getting nominations, but paying off in a, uh, call it a return on investment way, or is it more, well, if we throw you know 200 shows out there, a couple of them are gonna get nominated?
1: No, it's definitely paying off in an investment perspective. Netflix is spending unprecedented amount of money to make sure that these films are going to be hits. And the reason that they're doing that, by the way, is to help make sure that they stay relevant in the streaming wars. They know that they have a big, bulky content library where it can be hard to sift through to find the good stuff. And what they do is invest in really high quality content, not just TV shows, but also films like The Irishman, so that you as a consumer can associate Netflix with being a brand that houses quality content, similar to the way people thought of HBO for a really long time. That's why they're spending really big. They want consumers to feel as though it's a place that can get deliver high quality content as well as a multitude of everyday content that you just need for utility.
0: If you're, say, the broadcast networks, which got shut out, and as you write today, obviously the the actual Golden Globe Awards are going to be broadcast on NBC because that's still where you can get a live audience. But is the way the broadcast nets respond to this, did they start throwing huge amounts of cash or did they just say, you know what, that's not our game anymore?
1: They can't. These broadcast networks are held to a different standard by Wall Street in many cases. You don't have the leverage if you are Comcast, NBC, Universal to dump whatever it is, $15 billion that Netflix is dumping into its streaming platform and content there. You just don't have the same type of leeway to do that. So even if they wanted to, they can't. I you know, I actually was laughing a little bit yesterday. Comcast came out and they said, we're going to pour $2 billion into our streaming service, Peacock. And I was thinking to myself, wow, that's interesting because Disney's looking to spend north of $15 billion. We know Netflix is spending around that much. And Comcast does spend a lot of money, but You're going to have to spend unprecedented amount of money. And if you're a broadcast network that's owned by a telco, I don't know that investors want to see telcos spending all that cash on content. Look what's happening with AT&T
0: final thing is, you know, it used to be the way we judged a television show's success, or, or the way at least uh, the business world generally judged it, was ratings, right? You know, this is the number one show. or It's the number one show on Thursday nights or whatever it is. We still, am I correct in saying, whether it be Netflix or Amazon or Apple TV, they might win awards, but we don't really know how many people are watching any of those programs. Whereas we still know how many people are watching something on ABC or CBS or Fox.
1: That's right. I mean, we have Nielsen ratings to measure television, and even though they're imperfect, they're the best we've got. They allow us to compare apples to apples, uh, different shows across broadcast television and cable television, anything that you would watch linearly. The problem with streaming is that these streamers will often dispute third-party figures. Nielsen has started to measure streaming content, and instead they'll say, well, we'll selectively put out figures when we think it's right. It's hard to actually say whether or not X amount of people watch Birdman or X amount of people really watch The Irishman, I think in the future, if the streamers want to be taken seriously by brand partners especially, they're going to have to start coming up with a way to uniformly measure their content. And there are a lot of vendors out there that are trying to measure streaming, but they don't have the buy-in from the full industry. Until we get to a point where we can measure streaming uniformly with one trusted source, maybe a few trusted sources, the way that we can with television, I think it's going to hold the industry back.
0: Sarah Fisher, Axios media reporter. Thank you so much for joining us. My final two right after this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now back to the ProRata podcast. Now it's time for my final two, and first up is Apple, which in August sued a former employee for breach of contract. And specifically, the ex-employee left to launch a new server chip startup called Nuvia and poached a bunch of his former Apple colleagues, thus pissing off Apple. So I guess this is interesting for contract lawyers, but the real intrigue is that Apple's complaint implies that it accessed the ex-employee's phone records and text messages. And that could be a PR mess for a company so focused on positioning itself as pro-privacy that it's even sometimes use an animation that converts the stem of its apple into the top of a lock. And finally, the White House today will effectively kill the World Trade Organization, which was formed to settle trade disputes between nations around 25 years ago. Specifically, the Trump administration has spent the past two years blocking the WTO from appointing new members to a seven-person board that's supposed to hear these cases, leaving it now with a minimum of three members. But two of those three? have their terms expire today, meaning the WTO process is, for all intents and purposes, dead at Trump's hand. Now, For the president, this means he can now impose whatever tariffs he likes. When he likes. On the other hand, no more U.S. victories in the WTO, like the recent record $7.5 billion dollar ruling after the U.S. sued Europe for granting illegal subsidies to Airbus. Axios's Felix Salmon puts it thusly, quote, WTO was negotiated before China dominated international trade and before the internet disrupted all global commerce. A new agreement is desperately needed. And while there's no way that Trump or his U.S. trade representative will negotiate such a deal, Trump's successor might be able to. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great National Dewey Decimal System Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another ProRata podcast.